Card presents Back Issue Bloodpath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. You know, when a big freaking bat flies into my house, my first thought isn't, hey, I should dress up like it. It's more like, hey, I live in a really nice rich house. What the hell is a bat doing here? Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Batula Neal. And this week we are looking back at Batman Year One, the retelling of Batman's origins in 1987, written by Frank Miller, with artwork by David Mazzucchelli, and colors by Richmond Lewis. It was originally published in Batman issues 404 to 407. It's basically like, let's take stuff from the, the original origin of the 40s and streamline it, but also focus on some things that they didn't focus on, give it a different perspective. And really, while it is the origin of Batman, it's more the origin of the one good cop in Gotham City, James Gordon. Before we get into the story or anything like that, I just got to ask you, Petula, was James Gordon daddy enough for you in this book? I mean, <laughs> a literal dad, but also like a bad boy because yeah. he got up to some stuff at work. He did. But also still very daddy. So, yeah, I mean, like, and I like that the hair wasn't full, like, glorious like main slash swirl yet but it was getting there and like when he was like very disheveled when he was doing the like oh no baby it's my turn to get up for the you know feeding which it's what he deserves and he's like all stubbly and grungy i was like oh yeah that's it that's the stuff well there you go i had feeling you'd have an opinion on that definitely mm -hmm. oh so before we get into the plot of it let's look at the history what was happening at the time in the 80s over at DC, of course, uh, a couple of years before that, DC was it a, a trash fire? I'm just guessing. Well, they just had a couple of years before that they had the huge overhaul because their continuity was crazy, and they the editors couldn't agree on what happened in what story. So they did Crisis on Infinite Earths, where they did a complete mashing of all the worlds together, the destruction of the multiverse into one sacred universe. One sacred timeline, one might say. Mm -hmm. And with that, they relaunched most of their books, stripping the continuity from before and creating a new continuity. And so Marv Wolfman and George Perez were tasked with doing Christ on Infinite Earths. And then the plan was, let's work with new continuity. Around that same time the crisis happened, Frank Miller did a Batman miniseries called Batman The Dark Knight Returns, which we've talked about before which I've never been a big fan of because it's just sort of like kind of the end of that story is yay fascism. That's kind of how I feel about it. But it was basically the book that they say saved Batman sales wise. People started to have an interest in Batman again, which was waning. And Frank Miller, when he signed on to do Dark Knight Returns, he also had the contract that he signed also said that he'd get to do a year one type story. And so Frank Miller went and did a story for Marvel. He did the Daredevil Born Again story arc with the artist David Mazzucchelli. And the one thing he said about it at the end of Dark Knight Returns is that if he was going to do this Batman Year One story, he wasn't going to write and draw like he did with Dark Knight Returns. So he brought in Mazzucchelli to do the artwork and they signed the deal as a team to do it as a graphic novel. But as we mentioned, the sales of the mainstream Batman book not doing too great. 
And so Denny O'Neill, who is now the editor of the Batman books, said, convinced Miller, you got to take this story year one and serialize it and put it right in the series. That'll help our sales. And Miller was like, I don't know. That means I'm going to have to be tied to continuity. I wasn't tied to continuity with Dark Knight Returns. O'Neill was like, hey, continuity is different now. We've streamlined it. The whole Christ on Everest wiped it clean. You can do what you want. This is going to be the thing. And so Miller was like, oh, I can do what I want. And he still went back to the original source of the Bill Finger, Bob Kane story and just retold it his way, but still kind of keeping all of the things in place. And so that's where we are when we come into this story. Or kind of very much a classic noir, wouldn't you say? Totally. I'm going to start with, I think they should have done a graphic novel because in the house, we managed to dig up. We had one and two. We didn't have all four, but we had like the original one and two. Okay. So issues that, 404 and 405. That, that boyfriend buffer, like the OG, like 75 cents. Yeah. And the paper stock is trash. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that was back when it was they were still yeah. printing on newsprint in the eighties. Yeah. They were still printing on newsprint. Yeah, yeah. It was pulpy AF. I think I almost got like a dirty splinter off it. It's like in the color. I mean, they were still in like amazing condition, like boards and bags. But I also had the physical trade of all four. And what a delight! What a difference in the <laughs> the quality and just getting to have it all and have all the you know back matter with all the extra business and notes and whatever but just from a legibility perspective i'm sure a trade would have served this story probably better but i get it they want to move product and have people coming back month after month but you know what i'm gonna tell you 1980s frank miller you were right like should have been a trade yeah should have been a graphic novel yeah 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 should have been a graphic novel but you know they love a number one who doesn't love? Well, that's the thing, another, though. Wasn't even one. a number one. Like it was. Yeah, but it was giving like one ish yes, for it. Was, yeah, yeah, four, four, four. So, yeah. And first of all, I love this for you. I like that you're embracing your your Batman feelings. It's a Jim Gordon book. That, it's a, it, that's the but, main reason why I like it. It is not a bad Batman. Is yeah. the is the supporting character. They should have called it Gordon Year One because it's yeah. about James Gordon coming to the vile hive of scum and villainy that is Gotham City and having to deal with how like dark and depressing it is and being the one beacon of hope really and this is why I remember why I do like a lot of Frank Miller stuff because his main thing is like cops are trash politicians are trash and they're basically no better than the actual criminals and that's a through line in a lot of his work and i was like yeah. right so at some point you went from you know burn it all down all law enforcement's trash and even like the one good guy is still banging someone on the side while his wife is pregnant yeah yeah like that's not just that's oof. anyway that's it's it's a tough look for our guy jim gordon but in a way it brings him down it it makes him more flawed like more flawed but also like it the juxtaposition between someone like him and the rest of the Gotham police force would almost be too much without him banging his coworker. Yeah. Like you kind of need that. Like why would anybody work for Gotham police? They have to be a little bit bad, even if they're good. And yeah, that just makes sense. But that through so many of his works, you know, everything from this to some of his work from Marvel, Sin City, like the one through line is most, if not almost all, except for maybe one or two people of the police are legit trash. Mm. And yeah. I can only imagine like 
this story coming out now, a certain segment would be like, oh my God. It's like, no, like this is like, this is the 80s and a white man wrote this shit. Like, this isn't me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not reading something into this. Like his third day on the job when he, you know, well, it's not third day on the job, but it's sort of like very early in him being in Gotham where he demonstrates a little bit of ethics and like his coworkers decide, how about we rough him up? How about, yeah. you know, forces get together and just wail on him with, you know, fists, feet and a bat and just have a good old time. <laughs> and, and again, our good cop, doesn't try to like go to IA or get evidence on them. No, he waits for like the the Regina George of the bad cops outside their poker game and make sure the guy's good and drunk, runs him off the road and then wails on him and leaves him trussed up and naked on the side of the road. It's like, yeah, it's it's giving a cab. And again, listener, a white man wrote this in the 80s. This is not me. This is the book. <laughs> this is like an all-timer. This is one that Next to titles we talked about before is like things that are always in a comic book shop, like your V for Vendettas, your whatever. This one is, again, one of those, probably every comic book store has this on a reorder. Like they may have like always one to two copies in the store and once they sell, they'll re-up. Like this is an all-timer kind of classic, clean. Yes, you see the parents dead on the cover of issue one if you had the physicals, but not in the trade. That's a different cover for the mm-hmm. graphic novel. But yeah, this is like an OG all-timer, great introduction to Batman, and all cops are trash. Yeah. <laughs> Again, not me saying that. A white man who's gone full fascism since that is saying that. It not yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. There's no subtext. This is text. It's super text. <laughs> super script. Ooh, yeah, no, it's 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 all there. The the corruption of Gotham. The idea is that Gotham is just a vile place where People without hope live. That's the idea. So the idea is that Batman is supposed to become its savior. But The Dark Knight Returns set off a trend where everybody writes Batman like, A, he's never phased by anything, and B, he thinks he's better than all of it. Like, he's he's not impressed, and only he can do what's right. Other people, they can't do what he's doing. He's the only person that can truly do it. And so that's why he also pushes away his bat family because in his mind, he goes, you guys are just a weakness because you're not Batman. That kind of thing. That came out of Dark Knight Returns. Here we see how Batman would be in a more realistic setting. It's a more grounded setting of the idea of like, I'm going to try to go in here and do this. And sometimes it's going to go fucking wrong and it's going to be my fault. And that's what we like seeing. We see the Batman who's learning the ropes The Batman who isn't like this, I am the best at everything I do. He's like, I just want to go in and do this. I'm trying to build a brand here, kids. I'm trying to let people know I don't want you here anymore. I don't want, I don't want you corrupt people here. And so because of that, he's an easier character to root for because he's not a cocky prick, which is a messy, he's a messy bat who loves drama. Yeah, pretty much. And then the other thing that uh, like a lot of people don't talk about is that with this book, the groundwork is set for the characters in the Gotham City universe that aren't supervillains. Like you hear about the Falcone family and things like that, which would be something that Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale would pick up on and do great stories like The Long Halloween and Dark Victory pairing that world and putting it just as important with 
the supervillain world and bringing them together. But he, they wouldn't have the depth of the mob world without this book. And so, a trash commissioner named Loeb, which I loved. Yes. Maybe that's why Jeff Loeb was drawn to it, to be like, yeah, we should pull stuff from this because the yeah. trash commissioner. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, it was also a great intro for like a sideload of a Selena as well as another good supporting character because it shows her pragmatism and very much a kind of opportunistic side hustle gal. Look, she's looking at the chaos that baby beta test Batman is causing and is just, hey, I think we might have a new career opportunity out of this chaos yeah and while the criminals and the cops and everybody are just like scrapping with this person who's dressed up i can fashion myself a similar outfit so they'll just think if people get a clock me they might even think i'm him or not she's actually upset when she's mistaken for being his assistant later on but yeah. she's taking advantage of the chaos to just set up a little crime business yeah no truly yeah the only thing that catwoman had going against herself in this was her own ego because she got off scot-free those first few times because they just automatically went oh the batman did it the fact that she didn't like that batman was getting credit for her crimes made her go oh this is no i gotta i gotta make my own way i gotta create my own brand and it's like, no, you, you're you're in the clear here, kid. Yeah. Let me see what you're doing. Stay it, below the radar. Yeah. It was also the the kind of reimagining of Selena Kyle in this. Now adding in the that she kind of came from the streets, that you know, she she lived in the sex workers world and stuff like that. Whereas before that, it was always very much your classic kind of like continental divide cat burglar before mm -hmm. that. So this gave her like a depth and a grit. They would then, you know, go on to be the basis for such great stories like uh, Ed Brubaker's run on Catwoman and stuff like that, giving her that street level woman of the people feel, which uh, before that really wasn't there. Yeah, her fight with him, her and her co-workers fight is actually a great one. He gets owned pretty quickly. It almost gets pinched. Yeah. And I like that he's evaluating her fighting style as they're fighting. It was a great punch him up because it was one of the brighter ones he doesn't have his costume yet so you're seeing you know some of the things that they do the best in comic books like you know kick isn't just a kick it's like a perfect like extension and whatever and he's like annotating like oh she knows this fighting style but not that and whatever meanwhile it's like sir this child sex worker's gonna screw with your other leg while you're you know assessing her fighting style this isn't a grading situation this is a get yeah. off the streets before somebody figures out who you are what i also love is it's so laughably obvious like he gets off the plane returns to town and then all of a sudden somebody starts showing up doing the stuff he's doing and that again all cops can't even be bothered to do their job except for james gordon he figures out right away but like everything else that james gordon knows he can't prove it and part of him's like he does try mm -hmm. but he's like i've got all these criminals all my co-workers that are criminals my wife's pregnant i have a super hot co-worker who's like and i also love that he likes like a thick girl who likes to lift like <laughs> she's that's a little slip of a thing like she's like the i mean she's blonde and whatever but like she's the girl at work that they like too masculine like yeah, that's the lady is... that he's he's stepping out as well i just but at the same gorgeous. time he's it's like very so... much the it's the he's... too masculine of like the 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 40s era where it's like no she's not masculine at all buddy look at her 
Yeah. yeah. No, she's great. But yeah, so he's got his hands full, literally, especially with Essen. Yeah, Detective, uh, Detective Sarah Essen is a handful, definitely. Yeah. A couple of handfuls. So he's like, I'll put, I'll just put a pin in this that I obviously know that the local billionaire is Batman. Like, press release, new lightweight plastic. And that's the night he tries out his new glider. Like, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, he's a, He's a young man who's just eager to get out there and do his Batman things. He's not thinking about protecting one's identity and looking at the timeline of things and thinking, you know, if somebody really put their two and two together, they'll figure this out. Plus and, all the people he uses in his really flimsy cover stories. Yeah. Like those people should be able to figure it as well. Because that's the other thing is that also he it establishes that he hires sex workers to pretend to have had sex with Batman. I know that if you're somebody who's just freaking on the street working a job like that and you get the juicy thing of like Bruce Wayne does some weird shit. It doesn't matter how much money Bruce Wayne sells you. You're going to sell that story to somebody and enough of those stories are going to get out and people are going to put two and two together. That's just the way it is. I mean, I would say on the scale of people who have jobs that are criminalized next to, I'm going to say everyone's university, some of them aren't even illegal now drug dealer anymore. Mm. I'd say sex workers are probably, for the most part, the best at, you know, stitches, get stitches, loose lipstick, chips, et cetera, et cetera. Because you're ruining recurring revenue and you're also kind of adding your job versus if I could get money from this guy and I don't even have to do anything and I just have to like, he calls me and says, we did stuff this date or come and hang out at my house and look disheveled and you get to drink top shelf bubbly out of the bottle. I would look at this as this is good business. Gives me a break. Let's be rest my holes for a day, but I'm making great money. You're probably making two, three, four times your usual rate. Actually, of all of his messiness, that was the one good part of his plan. I'm more thinking the whole like Swiss resort where he like had them find a whole other person to pretend that they were him who yeah, had yeah. an accident on the slopes to hide the fact that he had multiple gunshot shot wounds. Yeah. <laughs> so you had to have a ski accident. That's where, like, sir, you're messy. The the sex workers, I feel like that was the only good part. Of but also, plan. he's actually, when you think about it, he puts himself at risk the most with that in the sense that his plan is to then fly to said Swiss Alps resort to just stay there for recovery. You just had multiple gunshot wounds and you're going to fly a cross-continental trip. That's, there's a good chance you could get blood clots, you know? <laughs> Travel clots, ever heard of them? Although he probably has like some Concord type version, but still very, and he still's like, you know what? Why don't I just take it some skiing while I'm here? Yeah. 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 Uh, not very bright. Not very bright. No. 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 Young Bruce is a whole mess. <laughs> yeah. Next time I'm, you know, watching some episode of Batman Beyond and watching old Batman limp around with the cane, it's like, it's what you deserve. You, <laughs> you shouldn't have knees at all anymore. Uh, the artwork in this, of course, David Mazzucchelli. We've talked about him on the show. We had Michael Walsh on to talk about his greatness and everything like that. Uh, of course, he's the artist of one of my favorite comic stories of all time, Daredevil Born Again, which is also written by Frank Miller. The line work on this, it's so simple, but it's like, it's such great storytelling. You feel like you're on the streets. Everybody has their own kind of you know, a bit of flair to them. Like if you were to look at this without the colors and just flip through the pages, you could easily tell who every character is. 
really well done. But then it's brought to life so well by the very muted colors by his wife, Richmond Lewis, who she took a, a very kind of like earth tones kind of flavor to this. A, because of the Norwar story, but B, because of what we talked about at the beginning, you mentioned the pages. This was back in the days of newsprint, which, of course, if you were to use very bright colors, they would run and look gaudy. Her choice of using these very earth tone colors made it still look very compelling on the newsprint. And oh, because it looked of, really good. It looked really good. Like the yeah. colors were great on the trash paper. Yeah. It it was even more it literal pulp. That's why I said this is exactly. pulp. It was pulpy AF. Yeah. Yeah. And so those choices were that was a design choice because they went, well, we're printing it on this. We won't so we want to make it look like this. So it does have that pulpy feel and we get the best color for our for our buck. Uh, years later, they would put out an absolute Batman Year One, which Mazzucchelli was very angry about because A, they printed it on glossy stock, which he said, you know, in all of the reprints, all the hardcovers, all the trades, they never printed it on glossy stock because of the color choice. And putting it on glossy stock this time just made it look like really ugly. What made it even worse is that they printed it using uh, digital scans as opposed to the original art and the original prints. And so... And I think they kicked up the color a little bit. Yeah. Although it's hard to tell, like, are the colors in the OGs a little off because they're from... I don't know, 30 years ago? Yeah. Or is it? But it does feel like they kicked up the color. Maybe not on every page, but some of them, especially the Essence stuff. Like when her and Jim are uh, going to pound town at work, uh, that stuff looks a lot brighter. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, there was, but that was the thing is that Mazza Kelly and, and Lewis came into this with like, we're going to work with what we have right now and give it the best style choices we can. And because of that, it creates not just some great storytelling, but it creates an ambiance, a feel. When you flip through these pages, it isn't just your regular Batman story. It's an event. And I feel like they did a great job of giving that feel by just doing the best work. Like, like they didn't go, they didn't, they didn't gild a lily. They gave you exactly what you needed to tell this type of story. My only note on the art, and this is the 80s, the cornrows on the black criminal that they arrest, Skeevers, mm. it's giving bad Marvel wig. Mm. It's like... So all of our complaints about wigs and hair in every uh, Marvel film, except for Black Panther, where clearly the, that department head and all of the department heads, half of the department heads on uh, Black Panther movies are actual Negroes. But on the hair, the cornrows on here are a little comical. It's like this, this, this is a wig. It looks like a, <laughs> oh, somebody's drawn a wig, a cornrow wig. But I will say the way he did Black people's faces great overall some of my favorite stuff is the things that almost visually slightly evoke the tv show but in a less bright way because again he's trying out the outfit so like the contrast of his little undersuit from his cape like it's not subtle enough yet there's there's a slow crawl up a building it's really making it kind of have that timeless energy that i love so much about so much of darwin stuff selena's outfit is again a sensible outfit that is functional but also designed to hide her identity everything with commissioner or future commissioner yeah lieutenant gordon yeah lieutenant gordon and his side piece is just 
like perfect like pulp noir you know got in trouble with a dame at the office <laughs> like it's just it's really good the the one sort of set of pages where there might be a little too much going on visually and i'm really glad i actually had the shiny paper stock to read it on versus the grungier paper stock was when he gets pinned down in the building that they just decide to like blow up because like ah nobody will be in there just you know so they actually kill a couple of probably older uh street people yeah. while they're trying to get at the batman the the corrupt swat team i should just say the cops i don't need to say corrupt if i'm talking about gotham cops yeah yeah saying. the swat yeah. team is set up to, yeah. at the beginning to basically be like a blow stuff up ask questions later characters definitely yeah so that scene there's a bit much going on from a visual perspective when you're getting the the storming parts but my favorite parts of that even were you see the beginnings of like good batman practices of taking advantage of his environment like this guy can't disappear yet while you're literally having a conversation with him but, and this was a great him and Selena moment, a cat distracts the cops. But mm -hmm. then also he goes almost berserker rage when the cops try to shoot the cat. It's a real John Wick moment. And he punches a guy through a wall. Yeah. Like yeah. this, that moment especially made me like, this would be a really good, if not a movie of the whole story of this, just even that segment, if they did that in the next Pattinson. If well, could, yeah, yeah beef up a little bit just have him just go crazy because somebody tries to shoot a cat yeah well you know the, this story has been a major influence on a lot of the batman stuff like it did have influence on batman the animated series on the christopher nolan batman begins there's a lot of moments in batman begins that are taken and changed because of course it's nolan and his team they like they don't like they don't like to admit that there's a comic book that it's created on but change that comes from batman year one um moments actually in the uh the most recent uh batman film were inspired uh reeves was inspired by batman year one so the effects but, of but the cops in every single batman movie are i'd say at least 20 percent good apples the yeah. cops in this book is like point I don't know. go back and watch go back and watch begins begins i'm sorry yeah. gordon's the only good cop there in fact the only the one problem i had with batman begins is that they made Flass in that look too grimy. Whereas I like the fact that Flass looks like in He's the like comic, a pretty boy here. Yeah, yeah, he looks like your all-American linebacker, like the guy you'd expect to be like the hero of the day. He's the high school eyes. bully quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's just a piece of shit. In the in uh, Nolan's film, he made Flash kind of like this grungy, long-haired, kind of like you can expect him, you know, doing a lot of drugs between shifts and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas, but by the last movie, that was like, oh, the poor cops, they're like trapped here with the rest of us. Look at them. Oh, yeah, that, but that's, that's not... Not, that yeah. film's not inspired by this book. I'm saying the first Batman Begins is. And uh, yeah, so that stuff there, it has been done. Um, I feel like a lot of people have gone to the well on this that now you really can't make a Batman year one live action film because there's just been too, it's been too many parts from it have been pilfered into other movies. Hell, even Schumacher used it in Batman uh, Forever. He used a bunch of moments in Batman Forever. He, of course, did it very Schumacher style, 
which is over the top, but he took direct scenes and and fit them into his story. So I just yeah, no. All I want is Batman punching someone through a wall because they tried to shoot a cat. Okay. <laughs> I bet you we could find that. I bet you somebody's done it in one of the live actions. It just feels like that's something that probably would have been taken. But yeah, overall, an interesting story. Definitely worth checking out. It's one of the few Batman books that I would recommend because... You, you listener, let's take a moment. Like, this guy really hates Batman. Again, somebody though, who loves comic books, you yeah. really don't like Batman. But this, this Batman, again, any kind of Frank Miller Batman is going to be the most daredevil-y Batman. Incorrect. Dark Knight Returns is nothing like Daredevil, no matter what anybody says. Dark Knight Returns is the biggest pile of shit. He's the reason why Batman sucks, in my opinion, because so many people want to recreate that. And it's like, why do you want to recreate that? It's like... It's like saying, oh, man, I really wish this asshole that thinks he's better than all of you and doesn't really he cares more about order than people. Yeah, that's the Batman I want. Fuck that. Daredevil is not Batman. Batman's not Daredevil. And I always say it. Daredevil fucks. Batman, he he don't fuck like he he might try to fuck, but he don't fuck like Daredevil fucks. I feel like this Batman might actually still be fucking and That's probably why he's so messy. Who is he fucking, though? I mean, we don't see any. But if he fucking. if he is fucking, yeah. I I feel sorry for that woman because you know that he's not working. He's working through his anger because his parents are dead. So it's very. I don't think he's thinking about the person he's. He's not a giver. I don't think he's a giver in those situations. I think he's just going to be a taker. I think he'd mostly be on the bottom just because he's constantly getting shot in the leg or injured. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, there we go. Definitely. Like, what are you going to do? He's injured. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Sorry. He's got the arm strength. It's just they would have to do a lot of work. But, but anyways, the, yeah. You yeah. made my point about how much you don't like Batman with the Rancid. Yeah. perfect. So what I love <laughs> is that you found some Batman to like. Well, yeah, no, I've always said that this is one of the few Batman stories that's uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, so definitely go do that. Check it out. So we come to the end of another episode. Petula, where can the good folks find you? At Inatif.com. On social things at Obesa Kantawit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-I-T, and here with you. Of course, you can find everything I do over at geekartshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at geekard. Follow me on Instagram at Andrew underscore of underscore geek underscore hard. Follow this very show on Facebook at Backish Bloodbirth, where we post a new episode every week. We all make sure you don't miss an episode. Subscribe to the podcast on your podcasting platform of choice. And folks, just go out and read some comics. Go out and read some comics this week. Just take the time, pick a story you like, kick back, and read a comic. There's far too many terrible things happening in the world. We need a little bit of escape from time to time. And so, you know, what's a comic? Half hour? Hour? Sometimes, like, even, like, if you're reading just a single issue, sometimes only 15 minutes. But... It's something to focus on that's not all the crap that we have to focus on the rest of the time. So go take yourself a break. Read a comic. This has been Back Issue Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Antonio. Have yourself a good... <laughs> <laughs>